I am Meg McKean, and this is Bound and Determined. I hold the space to share the stories of women working in and for the insurance industry. It's here that we learn, we grow, we connect, and we celebrate. Because though we are women in insurance, we are so much more. I am so glad that you're here. I totally just said, off we go to myself before hitting record on this episode. We're trying something new. And in this episode, I'm the host and I'm also the guest taking a shot at my first solo episode. If you like what you hear, let me know. Maybe this will become a thing. Who knows? It's the final episode of season three before we take a break. And by we, I mean me. Season three has been an interesting one. Lots of mm, unpredicted challenges in getting the season produced and produced in a reasonable amount of time, but I'm left looking back with an immense amount of pride and just this awareness that we are surrounded by some pretty amazing women in this industry, aren't we? Thank you for sharing your stories and thank you for listening. I am grateful and enthusiastically heading into season four, which is coming this fall. So I took a walk over lunch. I am recording this episode sitting at my parents' kitchen table. I am staring at the shore of beautiful Lake Michigan, feeling, frankly, a little uninspired. And as I often do, took a walk to try to drum up some of that inspiration. And instead of finding inspiration, my mind wandered to my to-do list. And one of the things that is on it when I make a quick trip back through Chicago later this month. For context, many of you know that I sold my home and all my things in Chicago earlier this year. It was a decision that I'd actually made before the pandemic, but put on hold for pretty obvious reasons. The idea of being intentionally homeless during a worldwide pandemic just did not seem smart to this risk management professional over here. So plans resumed, went under contract, closed on March 1st, and hit the road. And it has been a wild journey ever since, full of learning and lessons that frankly, I could never have anticipated and some I'd rather not have learned. But here we are. I'm spending the next month holed up in this beautiful space that is actually a place that was our family vacation every summer when I was a little kid growing up in the suburbs of Chicago. My parents owned a small business in our community and Budgets and timing allowed for one week at the beach on the shore of Lake Michigan. So coming back here right now is very much like coming home, though it is not home. It's where my people are, and it's also where my energy is. There's something that comes over me when I make the turn onto the little sand road that leads to this place that feels so safe and so familiar. And so this is a super sentimental place for me, and an interesting place to be spending what is the third anniversary of adjunct advisors and the wrap of the third season of the podcast. So the irony of all of these milestones is not lost on me. And so instead of inspired, maybe the way I describe how I'm feeling is a little more, I don't know, reflective. One of the things that's on that list, in addition to going to the DMV for my driver's license renewal, wish me luck, is to have my headshots updated. Many of you know that I made the decision just before the pandemic in November of 2019 to stop coloring my hair and to let my silver or whatever was hiding under there come through. And that process is finished. 
it is finished and it's been full of lessons too. And the last piece is working with my dear friend Amy on updated headshots so that the face that you see on Zoom and the face that you see at conferences now that we're back in person and workshops and all the different ways that I am showing up in the world uh, matches the one you see in that little round picture on LinkedIn and all those other places. And it's got me thinking, it's really got me thinking about that journey. It does come up pretty regularly when I'm in conversation with women. It's fascinating. Obviously, the decision to no longer color my hair has nothing to do with insurance. It has everything to do with being a woman and being a professional woman in today's world. And as I chat with more and more women about my decision so often, the questions that I'll, I'll get in return, how did you know you were ready? How did you know how to do it? Do you regret it? Have you thought about going back? It's fascinating. It is fascinating and cannot be diminished how much value we place on our physical appearance. And especially in this industry, I have absolutely gotten a job because I was not an ugly woman. I know it. I know it because I presented well in front of clients and was well-spoken and, and polished and put together has absolutely been an advantage to me in our industry. And that's not because I'm arrogant or egotistical. It means that we place in our industry an awful lot of value on our physical appearance. And so I knew when I made a decision to stop coloring my hair, I knew that in a way there could be a consequence. And I don't believe it's something that I would have had the courage to do because there's a lot of things I wouldn't have had the courage to do when I was working in a corporate environment. Stepping away and creating my own vision and my own way of showing up in the industry has given me a lot of freedom and a lot of flexibility to figure it out as I grow in large part thanks to the women like you who are listening who have supported me along the way. And it's important to have these conversations and to help people embrace who they are and I won't say who they naturally are, because if you choose to color your hair, if you choose to alter your appearance, that is an exceptionally personal choice. And it is not one that I judge either way. This is the choice that I made for me in this moment, but it's not the right choice for everyone. And I support women who are on their journey no matter where they're showing up. So let's rewind. I found my first gray hair when I was 21. I was standing in the locker room in the fitness center at work and something about the lighting in that particular environment just shot this spotlight onto that one silver hair and frankly didn't think much of it. It wasn't an abrupt transition for me. Every day, every month, every year, more and more gray would come through. And interestingly, I had dabbled with hair color when I was in my teens and in college. I had done different shades of red. I had added highlights and always wore my hair very short. And so Growing out that color, frankly, wasn't much of a process, maybe a haircut or two. So I find myself in my early 30s, my marriage ended, and I started to see myself, frankly, through a different light. A different light in terms of what was possible, but also in terms of how I wanted to show up in this next chapter in my life. And one of the very first things I did was run to Walgreens, my local drugstore, and get a box of hair dye. And I settled on a very, very dark shade of brown possibly black, and started to color my hair. And that was a process that I, in the beginning, went through maybe every six weeks. Over time, I upgraded to more of a professional color that I bought at a beauty supply store. And as time went by, as, as we know, gray hair doesn't slow down. It doesn't reverse. And so I found myself coloring my hair every three weeks, 
sometimes two and a half weeks, depending on timing and travel plans and social commitments. And though it wasn't costly, it was pretty costly in terms of my time and the damage to my towels and my bathroom floor, which you can only imagine if you've never tried your own at-home hair color. I chose not to visit the salon, not because I don't respect the work that professionals do, but frankly, for budgetary purposes, living in Chicago a simple single process color is exceptionally expensive and to do it with the frequency that I needed to was a financial outlay that I just couldn't commit to. So I kept up that process until the fall of 2019. I knew deep down that someday I would stop coloring my hair. I didn't know when and I didn't know how. I was am so fortunate to be part of a family of beautiful silver-haired women and one of the only that actually colors her hair. So I grew up with both grandmothers who did not color their hair, a mother who embraced her gray in her early 30s as well. And so silver hair was very normalized in my family and in my network of women. But for me, as a single woman, age 40, I wasn't ready to embrace anything other than that jet black bob that I had been so known for in my social circle. So interestingly, a few things happened kind of all at once. I went on a couple week trip to Europe and had not planned properly and in the middle of the trip my silver roots popped up and every time I went back through my camera roll on my phone all I could see were those silver roots. I came home and very quickly uh, my grandmother passed away. My communication with my grandmother was mostly in writing. We wrote these beautiful prolific letters to one another really about our day-to-day. They read very much like a diary and I wrote mine When I was waiting the 20 minutes for the magical hair dye to do its trick, it was a tradition, it was a ritual, and my letters to my grandmother became synonymous with that process. When I was with her so fortunately at the end of her life, all I could think of was just how beautiful she was, just absolutely as she was, with no makeup on her face, with no color on her hair, without sucking in her belly, but simply embracing who she was in that final stage of her life. And also at that time, a significant relationship of mine ended. And I felt this shift in myself. And I I knew that change was coming, but I didn't know how and I didn't know why. But I knew in that moment that I had colored my hair for the last time. And I can't tell you what day that was because when I did it, I didn't realize it was the last time. And that's how abruptly this decision came on for me, but I went into research mode because once I had made the decision, I had a moment where I was like, well, okay, now I'm going to do this, but how am I going to do this? So most dramatic, number one, shave your head. I knew I wasn't going to do that. It's not my style. Aesthetically, I'm not that brave. I'm brave in other ways. I'm just not that brave. Second is to color it and to go through a several-step treatment to ease in the transition of your own silver hair and ease out your colored hair. I didn't like the potential damage to my existing hair. It's one of the things I've always really loved about my hair. And Spoiler alert, it's okay to say you love something about your body, is that it was thick and shiny, and I didn't want to do anything to damage that or to compromise the health of my hair. And the third option is to simply let it grow, to go cold turkey, to embrace the transition, to live through the messy middle, as my friend Brene Brown would say, and know that it won't last forever. The last, and this is such an important reminder, so many women transition to their own silver hair 
because of the result of a medical diagnosis, chemotherapy or the like, where they lose their hair and then when it grows back, it's wildly different. And I've heard of women with naturally straight hair who then have naturally wavy hair with all sorts of body. It changes color, it changes texture. So many things happen to our body in the time of an illness and in recovery. And so for many women, this transition is not a choice. And so as I am in so many ways, grateful that this was a choice for me. And the choice I made was to go cold turkey. This was in November of 2019. I remember that Christmas gathering with my folks and feeling compelled to tell everyone at this party that they had arranged with some of their friends and neighbors that I was in the process of transitioning my hair because at that point, it just looked like I was overdue for a touch-up. And I have no way of knowing as a percentage, but I was probably 60% gray. And mostly on the sides and on the top of my head. So the back is still pretty dark, but the first few months were pretty darn awkward. I wanted it to grow. I wanted it to grow quickly, and it just seemed like time had stopped. What was really cool was realizing there are communities of women who are experiencing this at the same time that I am all over the world, and social media is a beautiful way to connect with them. I started to follow different hashtags on Instagram, Silver Sisters is a popular one, joined a Facebook community where it was a great place to share your progress, to get those questions answered, and then also just to know that you weren't alone. And I don't know about you, but how many times have you just wished you could find someone who was going through what you were going through? And the transition continued and it continued and I I tried to let my trims go as long as I could so that I really felt remarkable progress as the process was happening and I also made the decision to not be shy about it if you've seen or if you've been connected with me on LinkedIn for some time it's something I've written about it is chronicled in this series of headshots that Amy shot for me along the way and so much of what I learned like life right is the attitude and how you respond to it and many women along the way would comment with curiosity no judgment, but really exclaiming that this wasn't something that they could do and wasn't I worried about aging myself prematurely? What about dating at the time I was single? How is anyone ever going to take you seriously? What if you needed to find a job? Would you actually go to a job interview with your roots half grown out? What does that say about you? What are people going to think about you on the other side of this? You're 42 when it's all said and done and you've got this silver hair. And I realized that people are looking at us for a reaction and they're looking at us for a response and they will follow our lead. And so there were certainly moments where I questioned, what am I doing? Is this the right decision from someone else's perspective? But I knew in my heart that it was the right decision for me. And so my response was, I love it more than I thought I would. Yeah, it's challenging. It's definitely challenging to be in a position of vulnerability like this, to, to be going through this process for everyone else to see. But I really kind of love it. And I really kind of love the lessons that it's teaching me about that vulnerability and the fact that now I've become exceptionally aware of other women who have silver hair. It's like that car, right? You buy a new car and all you can see are other people that have the same car that you have. And the curiosity that so many people have. I would get comments periodically about my hair, mostly the cut, never, ever, ever on the color. And interestingly, I have had strangers stop me and say, 
oh my gosh, I love your hair. Now, gray hair, of course, is having a moment. And I love that. I love that support that we're providing for our fellow women who are on this journey or thinking about entering this journey. It's definitely trendy. Um, You know me at all. You know I'm not really a trendsetter or really a trend follower, but this was one bandwagon that I've been happy to jump on, and it's here to stay, frankly, for me. So all in all, it took about a year and a half for the transition to be complete, maybe slightly longer. One of the things in my frustration, because it seemed like this one particular section of my hair was never going to transition fully, and I sat in the chair with my stylist and and I was like, Lisa, what's the deal with the section? What it, What's going on? It feels like this hair isn't growing. And she said, Meg, this particular chunk is really dark. And it's really dark from the root to the end. And I was thinking about uh, this dear friend of my grandmother's who always had this really curious white strip of hair, just the side of her part. And I always wondered in my little kid brain, is that how it grew or did she color it that way? I still don't know the answer to that question, but in my case, I have the opposite. So I have a, a streak of hair that is persistently dark. All the hair around it is silver. And I have a sense that it's probably going to be that way for quite a long time. I also learned that I need to be really careful with the products that I use on my hair. And so I do invest in really nice shampoo and a hair mask that I use periodically, which really enhances the silver. It's very easy for silver to yellow, depending on the quality of your water and the quality of the products that you're using in your hair. And I always want to amplify the silver, amplify the sparkle, not necessarily dull it. And so it's not without maintenance, but I certainly don't miss those every two and a half week color treatments. I don't miss the smell. I don't miss the mess. I don't. And now when I see myself in the mirror, I'm no longer shocked. And here we are, a whole podcast episode about gray hair. I don't know. It's a risk. But maybe for you, this isn't about gray hair. Maybe it's not about ditching the proverbial dye, but maybe it's about something else that's been on your mind or in your heart, a risk that you've been on the edge of taking. And maybe you take that one tiny next step. I'd love for you to fill me in on your journey. And I love that this podcast has become the beginning of a much deeper and a much richer conversation that I'm able to have with each of you. So please, please let me know where you are on your journey, whatever journey you are on. We've covered so much ground on the podcast. I was thinking on my walk today about the very first episode of the podcast. Allison Hamilton Rowe was my guest and she's a personal stylist. And we talked about What can feel like a really silly topic, but is so relevant for women. And I think about it now with this post-pandemic lens, how many of us aren't thinking about what we're going to wear when we return to the office. I know for me, I've got a couple of in-person gigs coming up, and it's been a really long time since these feet have been wedged into heels. And I'm just not sure, I'm just not sure how that's going to go. If you haven't already listened to my chat with Elizabeth Abramson in season two, Elizabeth is a dating coach. We went there about my own interesting dating life. And she also shared her experience with me about losing her home in a house fire. Super compelling and a super important reminder of how insurance actually works and the importance of the work that that we do. And if you go back and you listen to just one past episode, please make it my conversation with my friend Nicole Johnson. She is currently in a fight with cervical cancer, and the fight continues. 
When you're done, please say a prayer. We will take all that we can get. Season four is underway and we're going there. We're going to talk about things like infertility and body image and menopause and all the stuff that we bring with us when we show up in the work that we do, when we show up for our clients and our colleagues and our bosses and yet feels so uncomfortable to broach in the settings that we're in. We're going to go there. We're going to talk about these things. And I'm always, always open to your feedback. If there's a topic or a person that you want me to bring on the podcast, please don't be shy. I am off to make some lunch. But before I go, a couple things coming up. Number one, I am looking for partners and sponsors for the podcast in season four. If you or your organization has made a commitment to supporting the experience that women have in the insurance industry, I would love to chat. Also, I am hitting the road this fall. Bound and Determined is coming to you. I'll be hosting salon-style events at different cities around the country, and you will be welcome to join me in these conversations. We'll be doing small group discussions, panel discussions, and one-on-one chats. It's there where we find connection, and it's there where we find community, and I'm so excited to meet so many of you along the way. And lastly, could you please leave a review for the podcast on iTunes? I know that there is a young woman out there starting out in this industry who is scratching her head wondering, is this the place for me? We cannot tell these stories enough. We cannot tell them loudly enough to help and to encourage others who are finding their way in the industry. We made it. Thank you. Thank you for your support, for your friendship, your encouragement, every single way that you show up for me is so impactful and so appreciated. I can't wait to see you along the way. This has been Bound and Determined, and I am the host and producer of the show, Meg McKean. I am also the founder of Adjunct Advisors, and you are amazing. You can catch up on past episodes and learn about ways that you can support the show at adjunctadvisors.com forward slash podcast. Thanks for listening.